to the DW experience. I am so excited. We are on episode number six. Um, this is going to be a great episode. So um, first, I want to say thank you to Anointed Radio, to Pastor Jay. Thank you for this platform, for this opportunity, um, you know, to, to get to share. And so we're just going to get straight into it. So the DW experience, we're on episode six. So the fact that you all are showing me love, the fact that you all are listening, liking and sharing, you know, do me a favor. If you haven't already, go to the DW experience experience a YouTube page, go to the Facebook page. You can go to my Instagram and like it, show your boy some love. All, all you got to do is just click like, just bam, that's it. And um, I greatly appreciate it and share with your friends that, um, um, that would enjoy it. So really quick, before we get started um, with our special guest tonight, she is on her way. She's on the highway. Um, I want to talk about something that's been very, very troubling to me today. Um, I've been feeling judged. Let me let me go to the comments because I've been feeling judged. Um, yesterday, I asked a simple question: If any of you have had a peanut butter and mayo sandwich, and the response that I got, I was a little bit taken aback. I felt a little judged about me asking if anybody else had a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. So a lot of people said, ew, yuck. But I'm gonna say this, some of y'all eat chitlins, pig inside, but you judging me for eating a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. So let me tell you how it came about that I ate a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. So I went to the fridge. I didn't go to the grocery store. Impossible. Okay, let me tell you about it because you may change your mind. All right. So I went into the fridge and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, like I don't feel like cooking. I'm a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So um, I looked in the fridge and I saw the peanut butter and I was like, oh, yeah, I got some jelly. Then I looked up and I saw the mail and I remembered a friend telling me about a peanut butter and mail sandwich. So I was like, I looked at the mail. Then I looked at the jelly. Then I looked at the mail, then I looked at the joke. Then I said, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and try this mail. So I put a thin layer of mail on the bread, right? And I put the peanut butter on the other side and I put it together. And I had a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. So let me tell you about it. It was a sweet, salty, savory, delicious sandwich that I never thought the combination would go together. Now, a lot of you 
responding like Daryl, that is gross, that is disgusting. But, you know, some of you know, may not know, I, I was born in Canada. I used to have peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So then my girl hit me up and was like, you should try a peanut butter mayo and <laughs> banana sandwich. And I'm looking forward to it. So for those of you out there, you're judging me, but you ate chitlins and black eyed peas at the beginning of the year. So I would just want to suggest, <laughs> I just want to suggest that you consider trying a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is what I want to do. I, I was really like, I'm so excited about tonight. So if, if you're not on, do me a favor, click like and share. I, I wanted to like introduce, okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start introducing her, okay? And, and I, I wanna do it this way. Y'all know, well, maybe you don't, we're on episode six, so some of you are new. Welcome to the DW Experience. Um. I usually do a round of applause and, and we'll get to that, but here, here's how I want to do it um, this, this evening. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a singer, an entertainer, a speaker, a lover of jazz, a lover of music, if you know someone who is a lover of music, entertainment, um, if you love Shaka Khan, Anita Baker, Christina Aguilera, what I highly suggest is that you tag your friend. Go on and click like and share. And, and this is how I want to introduce her, okay? Because I want to read the bio just a little bit. My mom helped me with public reading. So here we go. Okay. Oh, let me see. Ladies and gentlemen, as a music historian, her knowledge exceeds that of most. And she utilizes this knowledge to teach and train. She has worked with Mary J. Blige, Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Hudson, Megan Trainer, Ron Isley, Will I Am, Gawapale, Rasan Patterson, her boo. Layla Hathaway, huh? You can hear her on Mariah Carey and Michael Bolton's Christmas album. Let me keep going. You can hear her on Black Dynamite, Burlesque, Little Brats, The Brats, Boss Baby, Little, and HBO's Euphoria. Let me just keep going for some of y'all babies out there. Disney. Disney on the Lion King. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, one voice, five octaves. Give it up for the amazing Tony Scruggs. <laughs> Hi, darling. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. A little tired. <laughs> I had to go to work today, but still good. Can't complain. And, and it's a blessing to be working. Yes, it is. At this time, I am so excited. Like I have, you know, you, you listen, you hit me up like, did you read my bio? I'm like, oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> listen, I don't know. 
I don't claim to be a household name. So sometimes folks got to get a little, you know, crash course on me. So I, I send them to the website and, and everything else. Okay. Okay. So, so let's start right there with, I read off a resume that, um, I, just just hails in comparison to what a professional singer is. What keeps you humble? Oh, well, the journey definitely does. Um, because listen, even, even though y'all think I'm a good singer, sometimes I can't pay the bills. I couldn't for a long time. And that was with working with all of my favorites and your favorites and everybody else. So that definitely keeps you humble <laughs> when you know you gotta scratch some money together to put in your gas tank so you can go to the session. That definitely keeps you humble. And, um, and yeah, right that ahead. and then growing up in church because it's not about you growing up in church. It's definitely about you know being a tool, being a a conduit so that the message can flow through you. So it's not about you. So that definitely keeps you humble every time. Okay, see, this is why I was like, what direction are we going with this interview? Um, mm. So, so okay, I'm going to put a bookmark right here okay. and go back to the beginning and say, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, welcome Tony Scruggs. Um, I, you are from the Inland Empire. Yep, born and raised. Uh, Moreno Valley. Yep, Moreno Valley, born in Fontana. I'm a real oh. Southern California girl. Fontucky. Born in Fontana. Yeah, Fontucky, right. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga here. Oh, yep. You know it. <laughs> Around the corner from you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did a little research. So I want to get it out the way. But mother and father singers. Yeah. And instrumentalists. Yeah. Yep. Daddy was the guitarist. Guitar. But he plays everything. He plays uh, saxophone, flute, bass, a uh, little tiny bit of keys. But he also sings. And uh, he plays all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. And then it just transferred down to sisters, three sisters. Three sisters. Um, you are the my mother. I'm the oldest. Uh, I was the rebel. <laughs> so I'm realizing that now uh, my sisters and I had two different upbringings because since I was the rebel, I was doing all the stuff that I wasn't supposed to. And I was doing it all by myself. So I was the one who uh, we grew up in a household, a, a religious household where we you know, weren't allowed to listen to gospel or anything but gospel music and maybe some smooth jazz in the good old smooth jazz days. But I was the one who snuck off and was listening to Sarah Vaughn and Frank Sinatra and Bob Marley and Billie Holiday and, and you know, all the other stuff and the Beach Boys and the oldies and stuff, so. Which is why, which is, and we're gonna get to that also. Like I'm sitting here compartmentalizing and, and working our interview through because the fact that you grew up in a religious household yeah. and and was in, in some senses limited to what you heard musically. Yeah. And then to be in this place where um, on Clubhouse, it was like, I was, you know, I was just dipping in and out. And I was just so, if y'all not in Clubhouse, listen, get you an iPhone, get you a gadget. I love it. Figured it's it so out. Fun. It's, it's so, so I tell fun. people, so good. I, I just like, I would be in there for a couple hours and dip. Th this particular room, I, it had to go on for a, a good shift. Yeah, like it, was a good, it was a good shift. Yeah, it, it was a it long was time. Yeah, yeah like it was a long time. Had, yeah, yeah. And you moderated that. You Thank you. And that was your first room, I think. It was. It was my first room. But I'm not a, a, a stranger to being the the guy who's like all right keep it down <laughs> hey now be that's below the belt let's let's start to like direct some traffic i 
I've definitely in my in my career been able to direct traffic a lot. So I know how to, you know, make sure that everybody's heard, make sure that people aren't being disrespected and their toes aren't being stepped on. So I've definitely trained for that. Okay. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Another part we're going to get to. So yeah. you, you grow up, um, mm -hmm. you you graduate high school, you you realize that, you know what, I'm I'm bigger than this inland empire. Like I'm I'm ready to to spread my wings and fly. You mm -hmm. you go to I'm like telling your story, but I'm like Yeah, you, you can, you're doing good. <laughs> you're doing you, great. You go, you go to Sac State. I do. Yep. You take your you take the jazz. So here's the thing. There was a little hiccup in the middle. Okay. Uh, I call it my gap two years because yes. about two years I didn't do any singing at all. And it was interesting because that was some of my darkest, most depressing years of my life. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do this. Mm. Okay, good to know. So it it was interesting. I kind of snuck in. People didn't know there are people on this planet who don't know that I sing at all. They're surprised mm -hmm. when I put up videos on my Facebook because that wasn't what I was known for at all. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, in college, even my roommate, she was like, do you sing? Because I would be humming around the room and stuff. And I mean, yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> so then she's like, we should go do this karaoke thing. And we did karaoke for my dorm. And um, I, my heart will go on was hot right then. I'm old <laughs> from Titanic. And uh, I think that everybody was like, who are you? Where did you come from? So then I kind of became the girl who sings that nobody really knew I sang because I was known for like the playing ping pong and pool, <laughs> shooting pool. Okay. Nobody knew you were, that. I could you were play. the fun girl. You were like I was the party girl. I could and okay. I didn't drink at all, but I could pour a mean beer. Like <laughs> I could mix a shot. Like people, I mix a drink. <laughs> it was so weird. And I ended up even living in a frat house for not a frat house, but like the house where a whole bunch of the dude bros lived for a long time and uh, I had a blast and I just, I was the party girl who didn't really party. <laughs> it was fascinating. But yeah, I did, I, I, I got that little karaoke thing and then um, my aunt invited me to sing at church, which I did for a little bit, but not long. Okay. And then a friend of mine who I met, uh, who I call my big little brother, cause he's about two years older than me, but he acts about six years younger than me. He kind of walked in my room one, one day and looked at my CDs and was like, hey, you got pretty good music taste. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we became fast friends. And then uh, that a year later, he was like, hey, I'm auditioning for this jazz choir. You want to come? I was like, yeah, why not? So that's how that kind of went. So there was a little tiny bit of space in between. Okay. But it, it sounds like, I mean, just to move forward, but it wasn't like you were um, someone who was like, you know, when I grow up, I just want to, you know, be the same. I just want to be at the center. I just want to, you know, Whitney no. Houston it. And no, I was fighting it tooth and nail tooth and nail matter of fact it had, like my life had to end as i knew it for me to move back to los angeles it had to end mm. like i was fighting it i was trying to get away i was like i want to go to new york i want to be a starving artist i want to you know sing in little jazz clubs as a little jazz singer and die in obscurity like I, that was my that was the plan i didn't even have any aspirations for any of this at all and, and can i just pause right there for anybody mm. hearing this on the live and and on the um on the replay, like for me personally, you know, I, I, I am based out of Las Vegas and okay. I grew up with the intentions of music mm -hmm. and um, things transpired. My mom passed away mm -hmm. and I moved away from Los Angeles. Thank you. But mm -hmm. I had no intention of doing music, nope. any of any radio, any of this. So when you say mm -hmm. like my life had to end, it was yeah. like I was pursuing music, but I wasn't walking in 
my I remember, and this I'm gonna get back to, but like I remember leaving a gig, an open mic, and the the um the Gladys Knight song was playing in my head. Oh, he's leaving <laughs> on that like I was just like I'm uh -huh. done. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. And I yeah. never looked back. And some years later, I moved to Vegas and I go to a church to visit. And the pastor was like, you look like you can sing. Okay. I was like, sometimes <laughs> I do. Right. It was very random. Interesting. And the, the church ended up paying me to sing for the next couple of years, which wow. somehow it's, it's a whole story into this interview right now. So wow. That's why I'm saying, like, my goal with the DW experience is to uplift, inspire, and encourage. You know, there's enough gossip out there. There's enough salaciousness, which is yeah. all wonderful and it has its place. But yeah. I want people who listen to this who may be, especially creative and artists who may be in, like, a dark place or may feel like it's over. Like, hey, it's not necessarily over. Maybe you're no, restarting. Sorry. Maybe mm -hmm. resetting. Okay, so we get through college. We're a party girl. We pour a great beer. You yeah. know, we're we're the we're fun, but we don't drink. Somehow yeah. you end up at Universal Studios Japan. You you go there. Yeah. You live in Japan, right? Yeah, but before that, I was an executive assistant. Like I had a okay. whole other life. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna you know be an executive assistant to you know whoever, and I was doing it for you know CEOs and and department chairs and, and, you know, presidents and stuff like that. So I'm kind of floundering for a second there. Cause I was like, "Beh, school sucks. I hate school. Uh, gotcha. The only reason I'm going is because of that, that jazz class. Literally the only reason I was in college was because of that jazz choir. Um, and my friend saw this, my big little brother. And he was like, listen, this is not your life. I was like, big it is. I was and like, what's, no, your, what's your big little brother's name? Sorry to interrupt. Peter Vodder. Peter, Peter and he's actually still in Japan right now. But he said, uh, I'm auditioning for, and it's crazy because it he God sends people to me to move me out of where I am to where I'm supposed to be. And he was one of those people. And uh he's like, I'm auditioning for this uh this gig in Japan. You should do it. He's like, I don't know if they have any jobs right now, but I'm leaving for it. So I'm gonna keep an eye out for a job for you. I was like, fine, whatever. So then uh, uh, I feel like I moved to New York first. This and I did so move weird. to New York first. I did. I I was tired of my life. And I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I was, again, depressed because I wasn't singing again. Um, I was doing every now and again. I was doing, you know, I was still in the jazz class. Um, and then I, I think picked up like a wedding band or something. They were driving me crazy. And so I was just like, this sucks. And I quit the wedding band. And wasn't really doing much else. And I think I even left the jazz class uh, because I think my teacher retired. So I was like, I don't know, this is whatever. <laughs> so then my friend said, you know, you should come and, and try to do this. So I moved to New York. This was actually before he even offered or he mentioned it and then left for Japan. And then I moved to New York because I was like, that's the place that I want to live. It's my dream city. I want to, of course, go and be a jazz singer and die there. So <laughs> that was the plan. So I go over there and I stay with family for a bit. And then I get a roommate in Spanish Harlem and it was living the dream. I had such a blast and could not feed myself. I was singing in the subway. I think the most I ever made was $13 total. And I would literally take that 13 bucks and go to the grocery store and buy food so I could eat that day. And that was the job that I worked for a few weeks, actually a few months. Um, but after a while, my friend, he, he sent me an email. He said, they have a job. 
they have a Aretha Franklin review, Blues Brothers review featuring Aretha Franklin. He said, I think you should do it. He said, they're auditioning in New York. I was like, how is that even possible? He said, yeah, they're auditioning in New York. Take the audition and get the job and come on. I was like, all right. So I took the audition and I, it's funny because I auditioned for that and I think I auditioned for Rent at the same time. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that would have been a whole different path, which I so fascinated to see what would have happened to that. Um, but I auditioned for that and then got that and I was on a plane within six months to New to, to Japan for a year. I'm, I'm just curious to know what role did you audition for in Rent? What was the name of that? The Lawyer. Um, <laughs> I forget, but it was the lawyer, and then I was going to be the seasons of Love Girl. It was going to be both. <laughs> I could just imagine five hundred. That's another song yeah. I don't like. Yeah, but, but it, it just sounds like e either way you would have went. You just you you are destined to be be where you are. It's just a matter yeah. of what what the direction. direction. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So now you you get through Japan, and I would love to spend time there. But you come back and yeah. Shaka Khan. Shaka, Shaka, yeah. Shaka Khan. So Boom. that was the whole when my life ended because I was trying to get back to New York. And my friend, I have no idea why she disappeared for like five years. The one that I lived with, the one that was my roommate in New York. And I was like, dude, what happened? Are you kidding me? And then when I moved to New LA, like she started talking to me again. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Mm -hmm. But I thought that I had to be in LA. So then I restarted again in LA. Life ended, <laughs> my life out there, came back, back home. And I was living with my parents for a second, and my sisters, uh, who went who graduated UCLA, lived still in, lived in LA and Crenshaw. And they were like, "Well, you can always come crash on our couch." I was like, "All right, it's got to be better than this because Inland Empire is so far from everything." Say no more. Say yes. More. So uh, I was crashing on their couch, and I became a open mic an open mic rat. I was at every open mic humanly possible. I, you know, was meeting everybody and not even meeting everybody, but I was just kind of singing. I just wanted to go sing. Um, I started out at Holly Street where I believe, I believe it was Marcus Miller. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong Miller. It's one of those Millers, the one who worked with Luther Vandross. Okay. Uh, he was hosting a night there. So I went and sang there all the time and Cozy's was still open then and Cafe Cordial, all those little holes in the wall. And I would just hit them all up because I had nothing else to do. And so I met a bunch of people, most of the people that are still my friends and colleagues to this day, uh, Tracy Brown Bailey, she was brown then, Jason Morales, Tiffany Smith, a uh, bunch of people, uh, Terrell Carter. And um, I feel like my sisters told me about a, an audition to sing background for Tweet. And she was one of my absolute favorite singers on the planet, living or dead. And I was like, I mean, what could it hurt? I know all of her music. <laughs> what could it possibly hurt? So I went down there and all of my friends to this day, friends and colleagues were in that room. Brandon Wimbush, BJ the Chicago Kid, Tracy Brandon. Brown, me too, Brown Bailey, Octavia, uh, Pace, Octavia. Um, so many people. And then it was her band, which at the time was Charlie Burrell, Nissan Stewart, Craig Brockman, uh, and a few other gentlemen, please forgive me if I miss, no. don't, I forget your names, but Mavuto um, Carpenter was also there uh, auditioning. And uh, it was a, a thing where they were like, okay, so who has her record? I was the only person that raised my hand. And I was like, it just came out like last week. I was like, okay, that's an indicator. I'm going to take over this whole town. 
And I don't, I mean, I, I hate to say that I said that, but I did because I do my homework. The lady okay, we got we got to talk about that right yeah. there. I, mean, I let, let's just park right there. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that I have I have um, been passionate about when I when I um, am introduced to new artists and even um, artists who have been in the industry or the game. I'm not a fan of that word. Um, but it, 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 <laughs> it's the lack of confidence. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one of the things that I realized. I feel like there are things that I learned. Um, I don't want to say the hard way, but there, there are things that it's a beautiful industry, but there are things that um, definitely has turned me off in our culture. And I think one of the things is this weird humility, like mm. why not be confident in your gift? You know, why not be like you can be humble, like it's your job, but like where you say, like, you know what, I'm going to get these jobs. Like I've done the work, I've yeah. done the studying, yeah. you know, I'm not here to step on feet, but it, it's like, you know, if we're in the corporate world, um, you know, there, there would be no argument about who's best for the job. So right. what I want to in intersect and ask for you is like, and I think I asked before, but where does that confidence come from? And what do you say to people who like lack that confidence in the industry? Well, you know, mine comes and goes too. <laughs> mine definitely waxes and wanes because mm -hmm. when you get to this level, it's not just about ability. It is not just about your resume. It's about a look. It's about a sound. It's about whether you match, you know, the production. You could be the best singer in the world and still not book the gig. So the mm -hmm. industry has a way of humbling you. And for petty reasons, you know, you don't fit the wardrobe. You are too tall, you're too short, you are too busty, you're not busty enough. Like there are petty little pitiful reasons why you won't get the job and none of them have to do with your actual ability. So it is definitely humbling to be here. Especially the five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has it been because of somebody else? That's as messy as I'm gonna get. You ain't got to name names. Uh, yes and no. Um, it's not that they have a person that they're trying to match per se, as much as it's taking all of the aspects of the production into consideration. Mm -hmm. So when you get a plus size girl like myself, who is a little bit busty, that changes mm -hmm. the wardrobe budget because mm -hmm. they, uh -huh, see, and then it starts to make sense. So where, you know, you would just be able to run to Fashion Nova and pick up a bunch of size fours or a bunch of, S, you know, size smalls, it takes a little more time now. And you have to have somebody who has an eye for a plus size girl who's busty. So I understand it now. It kind of, it screwed me over quite a bit in my yeah. career. But it really, it, it makes you think. And then you have to find somebody who can do hair or yeah. who can do wigs or who can do, you know, other things. Um, you have to wonder if they're prepared for things. So it's it's not necessarily that it's personal or that they have, you know, they want you to look like, you know, Mariah Carey or whoever, you know, at the time. It's just that sometimes it doesn't work for their particular production. And in that way, you have to not take everything personal. And I had to learn that the hard way myself. So it really is something to where you just kind of have to go, you know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. Because that's anything good. that's, yeah, whatever is for you is going to find you. You have to really trust that. You have to trust it. And if it doesn't, you got to find something else to do. Maybe that's not your era. Maybe it's not your area. Because for a long time, it wasn't mine. It wasn't my area. My area was to excel as an executive assistant. 
my area was to, you know, be in New York. That was where I was supposed to be. And I knew that because of all the people that I met and the opportunities that I got while I was there. Mm -hmm. But when those opportunities dried up, it was time to come on home. So you have to be in the mo in the place where the opportunities are for you, wherever that is. And you got to figure that out and decide that and and hopefully be in tune so that you can hear that from the universe, from God, from the goddess, from whoever you pray to or seek wisdom and advice from. So, yeah, you just got to trust it. You got to trust that whatever is for you is going to find you. It's going to. I'm a living witness for that. Thank you. Okay, I we got more time, but like, can we just give it up for Tony Scrooge? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you you don't remember? I did, let's just let's just take a break really quick. Take a yeah. deep breath because you just dropped a whole lot of nuggets yeah. um, that that I hope people really received out there. You know, it's mm -hmm. all about giving forward, and that's what I absolutely adore about you. In addition to your extensive resume. And we're going to get to, we have a game for you. We have a game that, okay. I've, been that I've been developing. So okay. uh, we're going to get to that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you you just, um, you have this extensive resume. But in addition to that, you know, I will tell tell my, I I, I don't want to say TJ, but I, you know. You can, that's fine. I, I answer all of them, you know, TJ, back in the day, I was, it was like probably one of my, I don't want to say my last gigs, but I was just like, really just like, I was, I, you know, I'm a young man from Canada. We're proper, grew up in Rancho Cucamonga. Mm -hmm. I told my mom, I was like, I do not have the skin for this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is like, you know, and there's a lot, we'll talk about it. There'll be a book down the road, but, yeah. you know, I, I always tell people like these American idols, these, these um, wonderful competition shows that you see the, the behind the scenes is just yeah. like, you know, everybody doesn't make, for the one artist that you saw back in the day, there were like 10 that got shelved. Yeah. That were supposed to come out, that had a budget. There's a whole story. So yeah. it was one of my <laughs> last gigs. And I was telling Tony in the clubhouse, I was like, you know, I had, I had lost my apartment. I was apartmenting with my cousin. He decided mm -hmm. to do what he did. We yeah. got kicked out. I was sleeping on the couch. I didn't want to tell people. I think Amber knew a little bit of my story, but I remember I took the the one bus to one bus to the other bus, trying Same. to be on time. <laughs> Same. I can relate. Absolutely relate. And left early and got there 15 minutes late. And yep. me being, you know, I was just like, my life is over. Nobody's ever going to want to work for me. Yeah. These people I look up to. And I sat next to you. It was this place on Ventura Boulevard. And I said, you know... You're my big sister in my head. Like, I just, I just like you. I didn't even know who you were, but just, I just, I'm just like, I just really like you. Like you, and mm. you're just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, you're welcome. And we said, listen to the show. But yeah. it just goes to show how amazing you are, but you don't allow it to identify all of who you are. Yeah. So, so that goes back to, I told you we were going to compartmentalize it. Growing up uh -huh. in church and that reverence and, and that working from your soul, was it, were your parents pastors? Are you a PK or? Pretty much, uh, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. They were over the youth department. Um, they were also ministers of music. So pretty much, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so that, uh, because it's interesting, like your love for music, but then also to hear you say, you know, listen, I had $13 a day and, 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 
and I had to eat. So yeah. when did that end? What was that moment like you knew, okay, we're, 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 we're moving ahead. This is a living. This is what it is. Um, probably, well, definitely for Japan because Japan, it, put everything in perspective for me because I was like, there is a way to make a living and a good living as a singer and not be internationally famous, mm -hmm. not necessarily have a record deal, not necessarily mm -hmm. touch a, you know, real stage. And then I won't say a real stage, but a public stage per se, because I worked at Universal Studios in Japan. Mm -hmm. And we were on a stage uh, outside. So it was, and I mean, I made a great living. I made a salary. I made a uh, per diem for living there and they paid all my bills. So all of my money was mine. Mm -hmm. And they gave me you know, all my tax forms and everything else. So it was all legit and above board. So I was like, okay, this is very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm singing for a living, literally. Okay, good to know. So that pretty much changed my mind because it really gave me that um, exposure to a life where I could actually live on my voice. And I still could have my anonymity because that's very important to me. My anonymity, my, you know, I could absolutely have hair on all the time and have a pound of makeup and be glammed down so that everybody be like, oh my God, here you are. You're someone, aren't you? <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like it. Right. Not that I'm like Beyonce or anything, not even close, not even close. But I still like okay, okay, for Tony, a few let's, let's... people to know who I am, where I go, and like casually, quietly. <laughs> hey, right. man, I know who you are, and you know, and I appreciate your work because it's usually more singers who I love to connect with, and I love to uh, to interact with and, and and commune with. So I love that it's singers, and we get to connect and be like, "Hey, that was me on the like, oh my god, that's so great!" So it's. I, I like to have my quietness because I'm still a severe introvert and I have a very limited amount of energy for everything. So when it comes down to it, I like to just go home and, and be quiet most times. So, Okay, two two things, because I just cannot let you go further and just dim down. You are gorgeous. Thank like, you. Let's just, without the makeup or with the makeup, and y'all go to TonyScruggs.com <laughs> and see. She's like, the I'm beat, not going to be on the beat. The beat. <laughs> But you have to have a clean, clear, smooth canvas. And that, my friend, is what people do not realize. <laughs> Everybody's like, man, your makeup be bomb. I'm like, no, my skin is bomb because I take care of it. I took me, and that's one reason One reason that I have um, any kind of confidence is that I had to fight for everything that I had, tooth mm. and nail, including my skin. I had to fight for it. Like I had to figure it out. I'm still fighting every day because my skin goes, ooh, I like that. Okay, this week I don't. Matter of fact, I just changed skincare like two weeks ago because my skin decided it didn't like the thing that has been giving me life for like two years. So okay. I fight all the time for all the goodness. As good as I sing is because I fought for it. I had to hide and run around and sneak and get, you know, uh, all the information. Every nickel that I had went into buying CDs and tapes so that I could keep them and just absorb everything that I heard. So. If I do have confidence, it's because I fought for it and I earned whatever I'm having confidence with. I I love that, and I'm yeah. uh, so let let's just go down the vocal historian road. Yeah. Um, let's let's start the game. Let's, okay. let's start the game. Okay. 
um, you know, I'm going to give a homage to the wonderful gentleman, uh, uh, Terrell Rice, because he inspires me. Oh, um, yeah. that he's, he's amazing on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I was, I love music. Let me just me say, I, I love music. I, mm -hmm. um, you know, I am, I am honored to have you on this show Aww. because, you know, I mean, hmm. I'm you know, to be it. here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so, um, I didn't want to bite the game per se, even though okay. the game's out there. So tonight we are playing a game called Truth or Sing. Okay. Okay. So, so we're going to go a couple of rounds, yeah. you know. If you've been singing all day, you can choose truth. I'm, I'm pulling up my questions right now. They're just I have random it, thank questions. God. Thank God. Ooh. Or you can choose to sing and we have a word for you to sing. I okay. don't have a timer right now because I said to myself, you know what? With everything going on, the last thing I want to do is apply a, a pressure of eight seconds. Right. You know, it, it no, just, but I usually can do it in less, way less. I, this, this, yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I usually can when, do it in way less than eight seconds. When I get this studio upgraded and I have a producer and the sound and everything, please. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Okay. Tony, mm -hmm. truth or sing? Okay. You choose. I don't care. You choose. What I'll do you choose. want? Well, you got to choose. This, this, I don't care. Know. Truth. I'll do truth. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. What's one thing you've been wrong about? Ooh, so I grew up a cockeyed pessimist. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So most of my life, I really thought that I, you know, was didn't have the look to do any of the things that I'm doing. Not okay. the TV stuff, not um, a lot of this movie stuff that I've done. I was like, no, I probably won't ever. And then someone confirmed it for me in high school. By telling me, you don't have a look for TV. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I really, I that was one, I guess that's one. That's enough. <laughs> I mean, that that's a good one. I mean, yeah. and, and let me just say, you guys need to go to TonyScorps.com. Um, we'll talk at the end of the future, future projects and everything. But yeah. I mean, literally, if you are an adult, if you are a teenager, if you have kids, you can hear her voice somewhere everywhere. yeah literally everywhere from yeah. disney to your pot if you watch the kelly clarkson show mm -hmm. you will see her on there if you are watching your bet shows on yeah. repeat she is probably on there i had the opportunity of seeing her at the anita baker concert yeah. the final series which yeah. we still don't believe is the final series but that's another conversation. Don't bank on it. <laughs> really? <laughs> the final series every few years. Don't bank on it. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we were out there again in the next, when the world opens up, I wouldn't be surprised if we started again. Let me tell you. Surprised. Can, can I tell you the story about that one? And then we'll continue. Please do. Yeah. That night was absolutely amazing. First of all, y'all yeah. was singing your tail off. Thank you. But the best part was when the sound messed up. Right. Because right. It was like a masterclass of how to handle. I didn't, I knew Anita Baker was amazing. Yeah. But to watch her manage the sound from the intricacies, take the lows out, take the highs out. I yeah. Told I, we, I was sitting next to a couple out. They were like, somebody lost their job tonight. We don't know who, but somebody got fired. Almost, because yeah. she, 
yeah, she time. knew what she wanted. Yeah. Okay, I gotta ask before I move forward. Yeah. I feel like it's elementary, but I'm just gonna ask, what is it like working with Anita Baker? Like, what is that experience like? How did that happen and what is that experience like? It's a masterclass every night. It's a masterclass. And then sometimes it's kind of infuriating because she is absolutely grassroots. So where, mm. you know, you'll have like a professional tour manager or something like that. She don't do that. She has some guy in her organization who may count the money and might book the hotels. So sometimes it kind of hurts because it's like, oh, this is so grassroots. But then when you do get on stage, it feels like grassroots. It feels authentic. It feels real. And the people that are on that stage with us, with her, supporting her, uh, are there for love of the game. And you okay. cannot buy that. You can't buy it. Nobody's like, oh, I got to go do this show again. Hold on, I'll call you back. Everybody's thrilled to be up there. Everybody is excited. Even if the you know we go through a bunch of crap getting there. Once we get there, we are all zen. We are all in heaven. And we cannot wait to support the queen. And one of the, best the same for Saka too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to that too. Yeah. Say, that was one of the best. I'm getting chills right now, even thinking yeah. about I do too. Listen, I do too. It was so good. Just like yeah. everything. Okay. Move forward, yeah. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of that, so let me give you a word. Yeah. The word is fire. See, but mine are always random. Everybody wants me to sing like the obvious through the fire. No, go, I always Tony, think, go. Go, Tony. Oh, I always go. think because when we kiss, ooh, fire by the uh, Pointer Sisters, the Pointer Sisters covering Bruce Springsteen. And That's this is my... why we talk about the vocal historian. And yeah. I think, okay, here's here's my thought process mm -hmm. you need to write a book. I should. I really do. I, but it would be my life story, but it would also be like a background singer manual. <laughs> it would be that, so that, many things. You, yeah. you know, when I went to college, I think one of the things that for me, like if I'd have found the jazz band, I probably would have been in heaven, but I, I went to Absolutely. a particular college. I won't okay. say the name. but <laughs> Why not? So I went to Cal State Northridge. I mean, know? I went to Cal State Sacramento. It's the same. Chattel. That's around the but corner. The, not, nothing wrong with it, but the story I'm about to tell ain't going to be like the most enlightened, you know, great story. Oh. But anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but, you should have said the name. I was trying. Okay. Well, we said it. So here it goes. It is yeah, here we are. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine a black boy from Canada growing up in Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. And my singer, you know, from a time I was a child, I'm half Caribbean. So my grandma would be like, oh, okay. what do you want to do when you grow up? I'd be like, well, I want to be a singer. And she's like, well, that's good. But, you know. What do you want to do for a job? What do you really yeah. want to do? Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, nurse, doctor, lawyer. And I'm like, I want to yeah. be a singer. So in Korea, anyways, that's a whole nother yeah. story. So yep. I get to college and I'm a music major mm -hmm. and I'm in like these opera classes, which are great. But mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be an opera singer. Like I no. have no intentions of going to opera. I have no intentions. And, and all of these arias are great. And, and they're very impressive to my black folks. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they and, are. You know, but there's no, I won't say there's no, but there's very few 
history books when it comes to modern, dare I say, contemporary music. Mm. You know, I mean, like Skylark, you know, you yeah. sing Skylark. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, Aretha Franklin. Okay, well, that was originally sung by Hoagie Carmichael, who- Written you know, by, that's was, right. You know, and then I think um, 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 Bette Midler redid it. Oh, everybody's um, done it. Everybody. Everybody's redone it, you know. I think Diaries, everybody, yeah. And so many, you know, I, I'm learning that there's, I don't even know if there's really anything new under the sun. And so like, that's where you come in as the vocal historian. Like you yeah. can go like, I know that's a popular song, but actually Run DMC redid, you know, or whoever, like, yeah. you, are, you did that come before college or was that something that was just always just kind of in you? That was before college. Um, because I tell people all the time, I was a listener before I was a singer. Um, I wanted to hear everything. Even to this day, I have to wear earplugs every night of my life because I, if I stay, I mean, if I don't, I'm listening to everything. I'm listening to the way the the siren from the, you know, the EMT van bounces off the, the building. I'm listening to the way that the dog, how far is the dog by how, you know, how close or how far their voice is or yeah. listening to the the sound that the skateboard makes as it goes down the, you know, the, the rhythm that, 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 that as it crosses the lines on the sidewalk. So I'm always hearing, I'm a hearer. I like to listen and hear things. So it's not necessarily that um, I just want to sing. I just, I just gotta, I gotta sing. I gotta sing. I don't have to sing. I can hum to myself. I can sing with my nieces and nephews who love to sing. So I really, I, you know, I'm, I'm a hearer first. I'm a listener first. And so I was enthralled with just hearing as much as I could. Most times, it, you know, after I heard it seven times, I would start maybe trying to sing along or, or learning the song. But I wanted to hear things first. So my thing was, okay, I hear this and I love it. But every time I put this name someplace, I, something else pops up. So I would, and this was before Google, of course. But um, as soon as I went, you know, I, I found who wrote this. I would look and see in the liner notes. Oh, that's the same writer from the other one. I wonder if it's the same song. And it'd be the same song, so my different person. So when, like I was telling somebody a few days ago, technology caught up with my brain in that I've always been trying to have that database where I could push anything in and it would give me all the results. So like YouTube has been an absolute godsend and a full on distraction in my life because every time I think of anything, I go to YouTube. Ooh, let me see what's on YouTube. But YouTube helped me figure out, because uh, of course my, my original training is from gospel, mm -hmm. but my preferred training was jazz. And my thing was I kept hearing the same song by different people. And I think that really helped form my own style and my own shape or my own uh, voice because I got to hear all the same song and all these different perspectives. I got to cherry pick which ones I liked the most. I was like, I like that piece. I like that piece too. And I like that piece too. So it was about digging in the crates for me. It was about finding out who wrote it. It was about who was the personnel on the record, the personnel on this each individual song. And that usually led me to a new favorite. So I found, um, I forget how I found him. But I loved Guru's Jazzmatazz. I don't know if anybody, I'm old. So I know Guru, the rapper. Somebody he did a whole record. Jazzmatazz. Yes, Jazzmatazz. And it was a whole like jazzy influenced record. Uh, but he was rapping over the top and I loved it. I lived it. And that's when I first heard Bilal. 
So I, oh my God. Okay, Tony, could you, okay, let's go to the next word. Okay, go to the next word, because child, these stories. I know, wait, listen. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know what? I'm. This one just came up in the comments. Okay. Summertime. Summertime. Uh, that one is a little bit different, but see, even that, I still go back to Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff, because that's my era. Okay. And then Summertime by, let me see the, the band. Summertime and the living's easy. The rap band. Um, They're one of the original, like, sing rappers. And I can't remember their name, but they'll it'll come to me. Uh, Dang. It's the, the band that sing, I smoke two joints and I smoke two joints and then I smoke two more. I forget their name right now. You know who I'm talking about. But I have to look. Um, See, this is where you're stumping me. This is why you're dang. a historian on some level. But then this happens. Brain. I get old lady brain and I'm like, shoot, what's the name of that? <laughs> dang, nabbit. So um, that one comes up. But of course, summertime and the living is easy. So yeah, that always, <laughs> that Layla Hathaway. You know, she brought um, that up. Yeah. And and uh, there's, so you know a, a lot of 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 the culture know you from that infamous video. Yeah, I don't want to say infamous, that's just, I, but just it, that, I mean it is. You know, you at at the you just sit going back and forth with Layla and yeah. hearing those those high notes and and doing those those great things. What was it like singing with Layla Hathaway? Like, I, first of all, I can't even imagine. Even, it was yeah. the closest thing to singing at church that I've ever experienced. Mm. She and Rasana are the, like neck and neck in that everything that we did was so transcendent. Like you could see people being in a trance and then you would also be in the trance, like depending on which part of the show it was. So those were the closest. I was looking at Rasan Patterson videos last night from a gig that we did overseas. And I was just, I was swooning. And I was in the video. And it wasn't even, I wasn't swooning over me. I was swooning over my friends. I was swooning over uh, Rasan because I'm still a huge fan of his. And he's a wonderful friend. I'm still a huge fan of Layla. And they, I studied them. I studied them. I studied their backgrounds. To the point now where you can call almost any Rasan Patterson song and I can give you the backgrounds for it. And they even tried that one time in Yoshi's, which was fun. But yeah, it's it was like church. It was almost like singing in heaven. This for God what, specifically. Like it really for, for God. Wow. Even for in God. like a, for a non-church setting. That's the, yes. okay. That, see, yeah. this is why I was like, I'm like, where do we go on this conversation? If okay, I want to get to the next word, but yeah. First of all, tell Rasan I said hello. I I'm will. That's it. And if he his ever birthday's to coming up, up soon. Yeah. Happy birthday! It's coming up. Yeah. If, if I didn't miss it already. But. If you didn't miss it, but if he ever wants to come on the DW experience or, or whatever, you I'll know, put you, in I just, you know, I got a Rasan Patterson story too, but we can't. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's nothing bad, but, you know, I've changed my life. I've, I've you know. I can't. <laughs> And it has everything to do with me, but let's just say it was a different time. And That's hysterical. Yes, my friend surprised me. That I was at a concert. I was very happy. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> all right. And that no explanation. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yes. That's all you'd okay. say. <laughs> Next word. Um, magic. If it's magic. 
then why can't it be everlasting? That one. And also, one late night so long ago, and I was not so strong, you know. Pretty man come to me, never seen us so blue. That's heart. Magic man. I love heart. Oh, I love heart. Come oh. on home, girl, said with a smile. Oh, I love magic man. Oh, but yeah. I, I think that's amazing. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's just amazing how you are so well faceted, mm -hmm. well rounded, how, you know, I, I feel like on some level, you are an artist, you are a singer that music literally just, you know, it, it pours out of you in a beautiful yeah. way. Thank it's, it's, you. it's nothing selfish. How, how you. do you, how do you um, learn your music? How do you take it in like somebody calls you like hey tony I, I got a gig for you on monday here's the here it is do you already know it or usually i do if it's top 40 i do um i'm a pretty kick-ass karaoke singer so okay. <laughs> most of the time you'll see me either with my little uh my, not my ipad but a, a a tablet of some kind uh because i pretty much have the melodies in my brain i just need the lyrics so okay. if it's something where I have to memorize the lyrics uh, and it's something that is a little bit more high end for the usually for the smaller gigs, local gigs, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there, I can pretty much karaoke. I can, you know, put my little tablet up and kind of read there. And I usually call songs that are um, songs that I know well, but may, you know, kind of get a brain fart with the words. Um, but if it's something that I've never heard before and I have to know verbatim, I go right back to the olden days and I hand write out every lyric, hand write it out. Um, and then I do what I call my dot matrix and that's putting um, notes. I, I usually have music paper, um, staff paper. And I, so you do, you, you do read I music. I do read also. music. Yeah. You have to, for the sessions that I do TV and movie sessions, you have to read music. So I read music. And I do a relative pitch, you know, I'm not perfect at notation, but I do as much as I can. And then I uh, try to match the pitches with the lyric. And then by the time I do all that, I know it pretty much inside and out. So I just need a couple of rehearsals to kind of cement it. Um, but if I don't have any rehearsals again, like I'll do, I'll bring my little notepad. People see me, I will come clutching my notepad like a friend. <laughs> it'll be right here. And I'll hang on to it. And if not my notepad, my little tablet, and it'll have my notes in it. Tony, so we I are play. like coming down on five minutes. I just want you to see. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want you to see like my, oh. my notes. You know, we can go a little bit over time. But we you can. Know, okay. We um, can. Listen, mm -hmm. um, if my people, you out there, there's literally 14 people listening right now. Oh, uh, hi, 14 people. That's saying a lot at the beginning. That means they okay. are engaged. These are your fans. They are Thank interested. You. So listen, if you have a question, if you, you want to know something, um, put it in the comments and I will post it up there. Somebody say, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, um, let's keep going a little bit. Um, let me give you another word and then we'll, we'll keep going further. Um, okay. Future. The word is future. Future. I believe that you in our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Future. What's future? Future? I future. Think future sex love sounds. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. 
I'm trying to think about something that has future in it. I don't know. Well, you you good. You pass. You yeah, pass. I pass. <laughs> I was thinking something really quick. Really quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, someone um just asked, Tam just asked, what's the hardest part of being, being background a background singer? The hardest part about being a background singer is just how little you sing. <laughs> it's painful. Um, usually it takes uh in a typical gig when you're not touring, you'll do like I call them a weekend turnaround where you'll go out to the gig and come home. And sometimes they're trying to maximize the budget and maximize the profit uh, by saving money on your back. So you'll have the cheapest flight, you'll have the cheapest hotel, you'll have, you know, not so much in the dressing room as it pertains to snacks and stuff. So it can be hard uh, that way because a cheap flight means layovers. A cheap hotel means maybe noisy. And not necessarily, we're not talking, you know, Motel 6 or anything like that. We're not talking about spirit, not by any mention, any, you know, any stretch. But we are talking about, um, you know, it may not be a one-way shot. You may have a couple layovers to get to the East Coast, which can be painful. Uh, also, you know, you'll have a 4 a.m. flight and they'll try to get you back. So that's kind of the hardest part. And when I say you're singing the lead or singing as little or less than you think, it's only because in a 48-hour period where, you know, you've traveled 12 hours to get there and home, you're only singing an hour and a half. If that, sometimes it's an hour. So, you know, you're doing sound check, you're doing all this other stuff and you're getting there, you're going near all this build up to sing for the hour or the hour and a half and then you're going home. So it's within that 48, 72 hour period, you're only singing for an hour. And that is a small fraction. Of and I was just going to say, doing. like, while like I'm, I'm not traveling across the world, but yeah. let me just tell you what people don't know about me. I love singing background. Yeah, I me too. love the harmonies me when too. you get with the right people and you hit that yes. sweet spot and everybody's yes. just, you know, so it's like the hardest part about singing background isn't singing background. That's the exactly it, that's the, the easiest part. That's the but easiest it's getting part. to stage. <laughs> And then getting off stage, which can mm -hmm. be the hardest parts. So yeah, that's the um, ultimate thing. We're we're going. Let's let's talk about vocal health. Yes. How important is that to you? Um, you know what? What you have for lunch today? What, <laughs> what, <what's> the... <laughs> it is vital to me because what happens is is you get those people who you know come down with the flu, and I don't have it, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I get the call. So mm -hmm. a lot of my gigs are second calls. I rarely get the first call. Very rarely. Mm -hmm. I'm usually the guy who's like, well, she's not going to be available. Try so-and-so. Try so-and-so. And once they run all the way down the list, they're like, I mean, ask her. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll come down. They're like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it's because I take care of myself. And that's, I think, where the introversion plays in is that um, I really I store my energy. I keep my energy to me. And I store it so that I'm available for what I want to do myself, of course, but also available for work because I love to work. So okay. I make sure that I'm always in vocal health. Um, like I was telling somebody, I tell everybody, honestly, my uh, ENT, who I just recently received because I'm old and I have to take care of things like that. Um, but she told me about voice straw and I actually had them and I just didn't use them. I think I had them for five or six months and I was having a weird voice thing. And I usually call her when I have a problem. 
but I went to see her and she's like, I really, really recommend Voice Draw. I was like, I have them at home. Okay, I'm gonna do it. All right, I'm gonna do it. It has saved my life. It's an actual straw. It's an actual straw. Let me see if I have them here somewhere. Call your singer friends. Right. Call your friends and worship leaders. Rats. Oh, there so, it is. Come on, all, all my singers out there, all my singers singing at the mm. local clubs. Yes. Your friends. They're amazing. Now. They're voice straw. And I'm not even, I'm not endorsed not by even, them or anything. They're also, just amazing. Also, hit up Tony Scratch. <clears throat> hit up yeah. the DW Experience. I'll do a deal also. Right. I'm going to do a deal or something. Existence. Something. But it's yeah, literally a straw. Literally, this is the large one. This is the medium. Child did not look at my manicure. And this is the small. And there's two small ones. And you'll see that they're literally the same size as your coffee stirrer and a regular drinking straw. And what they teach you is to use these straws to sing because it naturally lowers your palate, which is a rested state for your voice to sing in. And for those who know, I just actually... Uh, started running and then stopped. I, I stopped. But uh, as uh, any exercise or person who you know exercises, runs, or anything, they say the best way to work out and to run and do all this other stuff is to have your muscles in a relaxed state. And I feel like that plays into what the voice draw teaches you. Um, so all it does is you you put your lips around it very tightly. So no air can get around. I think yeah. that's how you puff your cheeks, but the, you know, the, the technique varies depending on what you're trying to do. And you sing whatever you're going to sing through the straw. And it's basically a hum and it just kind of lowers your palate. So you're in a very rested, relaxed state so that your voice can, you know, do what it has to do without hurting you. And it is amazing. I do it to warm up. <clears throat> and then it also introduced me to cooling down, which I had no clue. Um, but the big straws used to cool down, uh, since it's, there's more air can pass through it. It's, it's less, uh, struggle. There's less struggle on your voice. And then the smaller straw, it, there's a little bit more pressure and a little bit, uh, more tension to kind of warm you up and get your voice, you know, get your, your palate back to that rested spot. But I, and I, I might even be making all this up. I don't know. This is what logically I think. But, but scientifically, you know I may be wrong, but yeah, it, no, this is it good. helped me a lot. Yeah, this is, this is good because, um, you know, what I, I'm learning as I grow and, and just for all singers across the board, if you mm -hmm. are singing at church, if you are a session singer like Tony or, yeah. you know, or somewhere in between, one of the things I'm hearing is that, listen, you know, you got to take care of your voice and yes, and consider vocal exercise. I think, yeah. and I've heard you say it, and it's just for anybody across the board. When we're 12 and 15, we can just get up, swing from chandeliers, do backflips. And holler you know, all night. And wake up tomorrow and do it again. Nothing again. When you, you get know. older, you have to make a concerted effort to get your sleep, to get your good water, good clean water. Mm -hmm. And you have to get your exercises in, especially if you're going to sing. And I'm, I'm kind of crappy at that where I only do it when I'm going to sing, <laughs> when I'm going to sing hard um, and sing like Shaka Khan high stuff. But um, for the most part, at least when you're going to sing, try to do some kind of a, a warm up and a cool down when it's over. Warm up and, and a cool down. I, I didn't eat lunch. I was working. So, okay. but I try to, when I am singing, I try to keep to a pescatarian uh, or vegetarian or vegan diet because no you want to get it. No dairy. You cannot do dairy. No liquor. 
no liquor, none, no, not even no, champagne, no ranch, no, no. no ranch, no citrus, no, no citrus. citrus, not even in your tea. Mm. Um, no caffeinated teas because caffeine nope. dries you out. Um, so I try to make sure I'm having at least, you know, fish, lean meats, um, if you're going to do meat, but I try to really avoid eating before I sing. I try to at least do it or at most do it four hours before if I'm going to do it, because I have a terrible habit of belching when I'm singing and trying to eat. So when I have too much food in my stomach and I'm trying to gulp air, cause I gulp air, no I'm belching everything out. So I have to. I have to avoid eating a lot. That, uh, before that's that's I me. Do. You know, I yeah. just sing at church and and yeah, um, I, I belch in the church. I'm, I'm it's sorry. a mess. They, it's a I'm mess. A- <laughs> God, I'm so guilty. And sometimes you'll catch me like, ah, and I'll be burping <laughs> in the middle of a word, and it's horrible. I know, but sometimes you can't avoid it. Sometimes you have to eat before you sing. It but happens. I try to say at least get it get it down so you have the energy as opposed to just having the big food gut. And that's another reason why you should really be careful about what you eat. So that in case you do have to eat before you sing, you're at least not belching this huge, horrible, you know, something you at least, um, you at least try to uh, get a a light meal in. Yeah. A light meal. Um, I do drink tea, but it's very, very specific. Hi Keith. I'm seeing the questions down there. Hopefully you don't okay. mind me answering. No, 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 not at all. Not a perfect. But yeah, I do drink tea, but it's definitely ginger teas. Ginger uh, teas that do not have leaves um, because I have a, a personal you know, issue that I cannot have tea with leaves. Um, so ginger teas are the best for you, honestly. Um, there's a ginger honey crystals by Prince of Peace, I believe is what it is. Little tiny gold packet with uh, ginger. That. Yes. With ginger root on the front and uh, honey on the front, that was Shaka Khan special. She told me about that. You so can that's get that the at Whole Foods. One. Yes, or, you can. Um, routes or everywhere any, now. Every, oh, really? Almost, okay. almost. Yeah, any real uh, uh, organic grocery store, organic or uh, high end grocery stores usually carry it. Okay, and uh, also like vitamin stores too. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna move forward because we're we're coming down to. There's so much I want to ask you. <laughs> And yeah. I, um, so as we come to end, okay, here's, here's my, my question. Okay. You, you've talked about being introverted. Yeah. Um, you've talked and part of that being, um, I'm part of because of what you do. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you sacrifice something that you're missing now to have your, you know, to work in your environment? Like, have you, you know, like when I, I think about like Jennifer Holiday and, and her story, and I've heard in her interviews how she sacrificed a lot and she had a lot of alone time. Do you feel like you sacrificed that or something in order to be where you are and have what you have? I think I did. I think, um, I think I kind of sacrificed having a family Mm-hmm. And a relationship, long-term committed relationship um, that led to marriage and, and children uh, because I really, I didn't have the time and I wasn't in town enough. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but at I don't regret it. Um, I don't regret it at all because I have plenty of nieces and nephews. I have 12 this year, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nine girls and three boys. 
And I love them all like my own. And I get to play auntie to them as often as humanly possible. So it's not that I, I sacrificed, you know, kids because I have them that way. And honestly, my career has been so fulfilling and so wonderful that I've, I haven't regretted a day of it. Not a day. I'm so glad to have been even the hard times because they got me where I am. Yeah. So, yes, you can buy my music on uh, my website, TonyScruggs.com. And it's if you look on my website, it'll tell you exactly where you can find individual songs because they're they're everywhere. They're on Apple, they're or iTunes, they're on uh, they were on Google Play. Google Play doesn't exist anymore, so it's now YouTube Music um, and Amazon Music as well. So they're everywhere. Yes, and yes, she can come back as a schedule allows. I would love to. <laughs> this has been so good. Okay, yeah. so um, we talked about sacrifice, and and I wanted. There's so much in music to talk about, but what I love about you, Tony, is that you are just so well rounded. Thank you know, you. you you are not only you know wrapped up in music, um, mm-hmm. but you are very um, well aware. So yeah. what I want to ask you in being aware in this climate as a black woman, mm-hmm. how has it been navigating through the music industry? Has it has it been easy? Have you had times where you're like, you know what? If I wasn't who I was, if I was somebody else, or if I was a white man. You would have treated me differently or you would have paid me more. How has your experience been as a Black woman in the music industry? Well, it's unfortunate that it is this way, but um, it's almost as if women in music bring less to the table and we are treated and paid as such, unfortunately. Um, But when it comes down to it, what we bring is immeasurable. It is priceless because... On top of, you know, figuring out a way for three humans to do the exact same thing at the same time. Mm. That would be like telling a keyboard player, no, no, you don't play by yourself. You play one note and you have two friends that come and they play the other two notes. Mm. And you guys all play together. So figure it out. Mm. Um, so you get people who dismiss background singing as just just girls work or, you know, it's just just that. Um, but there's so much more that we do. People don't realize you have to be a, a makeup artist. You have to be a freaking hairstylist. You have to be a beauty guru to be able to do your makeup and keep your skin up to tour. Um, That people don't realize just how much the artist leans on us. Mm. Um, Sometimes we are the ones who are getting the artist out of the bed. We are Mm. the ones who are trying to force them to work out and to, you know, warm up to put on the clothes. We're like, girl, just come on. We're, we're almost there. Just come on. We will be, you know, 15 more minutes. We're almost done with this show. Just come on. Let's do this show. We'll go home. We'll go get some drinks and we'll just go hang out and we'll do all the stuff. So we're leaned on quite a bit um, as background singers, as women in the industry. Um, but we're not respected and it happens. It, it does. It, it happens. It shows up in receiving less pay than everybody else um, by sometimes three quarters sometimes we're making a quarter of what everybody else is making which is yeah it's painful at times and i guess they still have the mentality that women you know are not the breadwinners we're not the heads of household and that is exactly not true um we are absolutely the breadwinners for a lot of our homes some of us don't have families some of us do have families and we are the breadwinners because it's a lucrative job but we do we we get a lot of that we get a lot of um flack for 
maybe, you know, having an attitude when things don't go right. And I'm like, but things aren't right. <laughs> I should have an attitude. You should be better. You should do better. You should yeah. treat better. And then on top of that, like not being compensated for the extra work that we do. And that, we got, the, listen, that. Yeah, that is yeah, two yeah. hours, two hours. And that is just the hair and makeup. People don't even realize that we have to bring options for clothing. So where the men can throw, you know, they can wear their black jeans, throw a black t-shirt into their gig bag or their guitar case and get on the plane, get a toothbrush in the new city. You know what? So let's talk history. So I was, yeah. so you, you had me, I did my research. I mean, I love you anyways. I'm, I'm a fan of you, but I was just like, you know, I had my Tony Scruggs hour where I just delved into <laughs> stuff. And I have to tell you, I fell into a deep hole of Skylark. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt yeah. There's this um, version of Aretha Franklin, um, 2017, singing Skylark. And she tells the story of how she almost sang it on the Andy Sullivan show. Wow. Or the Ed Sullivan. Is that the Ed guy? Sullivan, yeah. Ed, Ed Sullivan. Uh -huh. um, but she talks about how she had on a particular dress and she was singing the song. And now imagine this is probably what... Uh, the 50s, 50s or 60s, yeah. Late 50s, early 60s. Mm -hmm. And they were like, that dress is low cut. It's too much. No, get her another dress. And Aretha's like, hold on now. I, I got other choices. Let me. Yeah. And she finally found the right dress yeah. to wear through her sound check. And when she's saying, it's not funny, but it's like, she was like, this is the song I almost sang on Ed Sullivan. Because she still didn't get to sing the song. They were, they were overbooked, um, but it's just like, you know, we don't take into consideration that that's just so amazing. Like even Aretha yeah. Franklin, yeah. you know, you're. I, she was the goddess that she is. The goddess that and she is. And then the doors probably came on next week and in torn jeans and no shoes and barely brushed teeth and not almost brushed hair. So then there's that. There's so, a lot of stuff we go through that people yeah. have no clue. I, and I'm, so what I want to ask with that, just thinking about 2021, we have a black vice president. Yeah. Um, who, black who, female who, vice president. Black female vice president. Shout so out to thrilling. the Divine Nine and Africa Kappa so Alpha. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I come from a long line of AKAs. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. even even today, it was so interesting that she got this weird flack for wearing tennis shoes. I don't know if you saw on the news, but. Um, was it, it Vogue or something? Vogue. And, and, you know, it's already started. Just kind of like the weird vitriol. That's I just crazy. bring that up to ask. For the future, and, and let's just hone it in on, on, on Black female entertainers, singers um, who are coming up after you. Yeah. What do you see the tides turning? Oh, yeah. Do you, do you see a brighter future? What do you see for the next generation of, of, of Tony Scruggs coming up? So the beauty part, the, the beauty for ashes that is COVID uh, has really changed a lot of things. People don't realize um, where people had to keep this image up all the time where they, you know, if you were ever caught without, you know, the perfect skin, the perfect makeup, the perfect hair, the perfect yeah. ensemble, you were judged. Now it's leveled. Now people yeah. are like, and they're wearing sweats for the third time today. Who cares? Makes everything, it puts things into perspective. Now it's about what do you actually bring to the table? Because now there are no cameras. Now there are no, you know, crazy uh, hair and makeup people that have to keep in your house. You're home. 
-hmm. your home. So you're not really going to be that way at home. And I think it's a beautiful thing that is uh, brought uh, reality to a lot of these fans in that uh, fans are like, oh, that's the dream. And I'm sure they wake up hair and glam down every time. And they, or they, you know, have their hair and glam team that live with them and they have it. Now you're getting the real. And this is where I live. <laughs> I live in reality. Mm. I love it. I love sweats. My favorite thing to wear is Abercrombie and Fitch sweats, honey. Oh, They're the oh. softest, most amazingly lush. And I love the men's sweats, honey. Oh, you've been getting paid, paid. Oh, honey. You've oh, been getting paid, paid. I just caught a good sale. Just caught a real good sale. Especially for this Christmas and Thanksgiving, I just caught a real good sale because I definitely, child. Seventy-five dollars for some pants. You crazy? That's work pants. If I ain't wear, if I'm not making money in them pants, I ain't spend no seventy-five dollars. I just caught some real good sales. But no, it's we're getting to the point, and even in COVID, now you're getting everybody can make content on social media. So it's not special anymore. You see, people aren't really going viral like that anymore. Because now it's not a, a, to a point where there's only a sacred select few that can make content all the time and just generate content and do everybody can. And I'm seeing all these people who are mad. The algorithm, the algorithm. No, what's happening is that everybody has the time to create content. So the algorithm has nothing to do with it. Now you have to yeah. actually compete. So now it comes down to are you any good? That's my favorite thing Tony Morrison ever said. Are you any good? Come on. <laughs> but he actually you know, brings to the table. Yeah, so that, we're getting that, to the yeah. point. That's one of the things, the blessings, the silver linings to this cloud of COVID is that we're getting down to the real. We're getting down to the real. And uh, I really honestly believe that the industry is changing because record companies are starting to divest. And record companies are what have messed up the music industry for everyone for so we long. We have to do a part two on that with Tony Oh, Scrubs. yes. Oh yeah, Tony Scruggs. That's a whole oh, yeah. part two right yes, there. Is. I got a story on that one too. Yeah, when and I they're diverting. Out. They're investing yeah. in tech now, so we actually can have music back to us. And I really believe that now quality can rise to the top again. So I have. I might even throw my hat in the ring. I'm thinking about making a record. Um, that oh. was one of the questions I was I was going to ask. And yeah. I, you know, here's the thing with you, Tony. And let me just say this: you are um, you have a fan base. You know, um, you you have a, a group of people. I got messages today, like I'm gonna be listening tonight. Yay! And I, I let me park right there and saying, like, you know, this whole show, this whole DW experience. Hi, DW. <laughs> you know, it, it came out of an idea I had before COVID. Yeah. Right. I was producing live shows. I, you know, put my head in the ring, and I'm kind of at a point like I really don't care. I care, but it, I don't have the same attitude I had when I was younger. I'm just here yeah. to do what God called me to do. Yeah. Right? So when I hit you up, I was like, you know, I'm just, I, I just post the day of who my guest is and mm -hmm. promote that way. And somebody was like, well, you know, Daryl, you should do a couple of days to garner enough attention. And I said, you know what? There's about 20 shows tonight. Yeah. There's so much if, happening all the time. If so people much. tune in, if people listen to me, it's because they want to be here. That's you exactly know? what I think. And, and that's why I'm like, I'm being respectful of people's times because, and let me yeah. just put this, um, um, what I know to be true, our attention span is not what it was yesteryear. So true. Okay. So true. Microwave. You know, you know, <laughs> Three minutes tops. Know, I know y'all yeah. getting tired. Because listen, you, I you know, am. Like, Ciao. <laughs> you know, 
It's just yeah. there's so much goodness to to get out of you. So we definitely have to do a part two. I would love um, to. Thank you, such an honor. I would love um, to. How do I want to to um, conclude this wonderful time of talking? Because I know you need to get your rest in. And let me just say, I just want to thank everybody out there that has been listening. Um, the fact that you are still here, the fact that you are going to see this by replay here, I go preach yeah. more real quick. <laughs> it is it is not by accident. Right. I just want you to know it's not by That's accident. Right. You were meant to see this interview. You were meant to be a part of the DW experience. So yes. go back to the beginning and get all the nuggets out of it. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to play truth or thing the way I wanted to, but that's uh, okay because oh no, 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 no. Yes, we'll you gotta come again. back. Yes. Let, let me and, and I have some other ideas too, because you are you are my you are techie. Yes. You, you, oh, I'm where so there is a will, there's a way. Don't you let that Android fool you. I don't love you let that technology. Tony Scruggs will do what an iPhone can. Uh listen. Period. 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 So <laughs> let, let's end it this way. Let me ask you, um, what is what is your song right now? What mm. is the song that has gotten you from 2020 to 21 to 2021 um, with wow. everything going on? We, we've seen the Capitol. There's, um, and I want to have you back on because we didn't even get to talk about Black mental health and creative. That's oh, honey. That's a discussion that, in and of itself. So, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, let me see. My my friend just said she said I'm holding off on my shower for this <laughs> Thank you, girl. Thing. Listen, I absolutely am honored that you are. I appreciate that. I do not take that lightly. Yes, ma'am. So, so can you end the show with what is what is your song? Oh, there are so many. There have always been so many. Everybody's like, what's your favorite? I'm like, uh, you have to tell me not, a genre and a favorite. year. But not like, yeah, but what song am I, what's what's getting me through? What, 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 what's keeping you right now? What's keeping me right now is Aretha Franklin's catalog because I'm actually vocal producing and contracting and, and hiring and everything for her National Geographic's Genius Aretha season. This whole season that's coming up next with Cynthia Arrivo and we're all, we're the, the, I call it the, uh, we're the, what do I say? The, we're the, the heart team. We're the ones with heart. Jennifer Hudson, her movie has the, the budget, but we got the heart. <laughs> we are all in it for the heart. Listen, you said Aretha Franklin and National Geographic right yeah, there. Yeah. And um, this is the first singer that they're doing for that series. So it's incredible. And I'm able to help Cynthia and the young lady who's singing as Little Ree, they call her, um, capture her sound. And okay. so I've been living her catalog for about a year now, and it has gotten me through. And most Listen. specifically, this random song called You that I'd never heard of before. Okay, wait, hold, hold, hold Please that find that quick. song. Yeah. We're going to find it because I want you to sing it, but let's get to the questions. Yeah. Um, Keith, yes. Um, we're in COVID, so we're still mm -hmm. quarantined. So I'm yeah. not wanting to be out. And but but let me just say the fact that y'all are enjoying this inside here lets me know there's bigger to come. And hopefully yes. down the road, Tony will will be a part of that. Um, Tam Tam just asked. She said, "How do you stay so how how do you just go ahead, Tony? <laughs> stay so humble. Uh, life, honestly, life has humbled me. And then it's." I really honestly believe that 
uh, that thing that the, the church, like the Bible says, where it's a rock is going to cry out. You don't have to do it. God and can use you or anybody else to do yes. what you're doing. Not so I feel like, yeah, go ahead. But you answered that at the beginning of the interview. I did. I so did. You, got to, you know, we yes. got to go back to the, the beginning because we got a lot to cover. Yes. And I love you, Tam, but <laughs> we can't do repeats right now. Go back to the okay. beginning. Yep. After this I did over. cover it. Yeah. And I, I did love cover you. It. See, Daryl got you. I asked him. He's hilarious. <laughs> um, what is your most moving song you sung from your from 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 your to Shine Musical Soul? What? What is the most important song you sung from your Shatarobo Shayaha? That I I just it was a tongue. What's the song? Ah! You, I don't know. I don't know. From your belly. You gotta you gotta explain <laughs> that one. Okay, uh... come back with that one. Okay. We, <laughs> yeah. We, you got I don't to know. We gotta. We, we need a translator for that one. We don't know who Tushan <laughs> Musical or Soul Watson. Um, next time, Key. Um, did I cover everything for part one right now? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for, for tuning in to Tony Scruggs. The fact that we got some hearts, we got some likes, and we got some Yay. shares. Let me say, Tony, this is episode six. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, I haven't been doing this for Congratulations. Okay. I, yeah, COVID hit, and and I said I'm not gonna waste this good backdrop. This Listen, good backdrop. it's a good backdrop. It's a good uh, good logo. You're doing <laughs> Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. So okay. Um, yes, I typed it in. Oh, he typed it in tongues. Well, we don't <laughs> see. Let Let's just go biblical right now. If you're gonna speak in tongues in public, somebody oh, has to be there to interpret. Yes, to interpret. Listen, uh, somebody got to interpret. Go Bible. No. We don't have an interpreter right now. <laughs> I thought he might have been trying to say Rasan Patterson, but I don't. I thought so too, but I thought it was I don't both. Know. Part two, part yes, two. Part Thank three. you. Um, so let's just end with um, Tony Scruggs and the song that. Do you want? Can you sing a little bit of you? Or oh or is that God, a, let me see. Or, or uh, you don't have to. Whatever you want to do, I'll sit back. Let me see if I can find the the lyrics to it really fast. Um, uh, let me see here. Oh gosh. And I had to learn it and I'd never heard it before. And it just, it riveted me. I couldn't even do anything else for listening to that song. Let me see if I can. Uh, hmm. uh, oh, wait, is that him? I think that might be them. You've been with me through the hard times. And you kept my body, heart, and soul and mind together. You, thanks to you, oh, oh, oh you. And it's been us two against the world. And it ain't been easy, but we sure made it together, baby. You, oh, you, oh, you. That's all. <laughs> Go do the research, find the song, because her, I can't even, I can't even hold the candle. She is uh, the goddess that she is and was. And uh, you have to hear that song from her first. I won't even want to sing. I don't even want to sing that much because I want you to hear it untainted because it's just, the song is perfect. I just want to say, Tony Scruggs, um, first of all, where can the people find you? Let me make sure to ask properly. Where can the people <laughs> find you? Where can they find your music? 
Yes. On TonyScruggs.com, it has everything. It has all of my social media. It has videos and YouTube, so you can start down the rabbit hole. Um, it has everything. So just go there and it's spelled just like it says, TonyScruggs.com. Thank you, Tony. Look, I, I want to get this right. When I get a producer and everything, but you get the point. <laughs> We're closing out. <laughs> I, love I love this Skylark song. I just want to say thank you so much for being, um, just for being amazing and being on Aww. this show. I'm looking forward to seeing where your career goes. Me too. Um, <laughs> well, well, let me just say 2021 is going to blow your mind. And I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tony Scruggs. Thank you. Can you tell me where love can be?